Right here. Right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want him? Yeah. Tech Podcast. This is episode number 13, and I have titled this one, Is Being an Outdoor Producer the Best Job Ever? Um, <laughs> it's funny every time I hear somebody say, you don't really work, all you do is play, your job's not a real job, or man, I'd kill to have your job, or Man, your job's awesome. What, whatever you know, the thousand, the thousand things that I've heard, and yeah, I I do enjoy my job thoroughly. But the notion that it is not work is crazy. It is absolutely work. I'm sitting here. It is 11:01 p.m. on Monday, and uh, I am still trying to finish up an edit that. I'm getting three different versions of when it should have been done, so I'm trying to get it done as soon as I absolutely possibly can. But um, really the hardest part for me has been convincing my wife and my mother that I actually do work. Um, they still don't believe me. Every time I go on a trip, even if it's a filming trip, paid trip, whatever, to them I'm still playing, I'm still hunting, and I don't have a real job, which those two people were also my biggest barriers to try and get into this business because they didn't think that this was something I should pursue. This was something I could go after. And uh, I think that was a lot of fuel to my fire to be able to prove them wrong. But now that I do do this job, they support me, but they still don't think I work. They're very, very badly mistaken. Let me start out by saying I do think I have, in my opinion, probably the second best job. Uh, if it was up to me, my my favorite job, if I had, uh, one, sorry, I had an email come in. If I had one job above all other jobs, it would be, and this some people think I'm crazy, but I would love to get to sit and just watch good movies all day and give my opinion on the movie, what I liked, what I didn't like. I can sit and watch movies, good movies, all day. And I guess that's what got me the love of, you know, filming and telling a story. But a good movie or a good TV series, a good Netflix series, man, I'm a binge-watching machine. I can, and I'm one of those guys that when I sit behind a TV or sit down to watch a movie or a series, don't talk, don't talk to me, don't call me, don't text me, don't interrupt me. I want to see... Every second of that show, every second of that series, I just, I don't like not, I don't like, I don't want to miss anything. And I don't, I want to be the guy when somebody says, hey, during this part of the movie, what happened? Or what were they thinking? Or what was really going on? I want to be the guy that they ask. Because I, I like to, I just like to know. I don't like to miss anything. And if I can't commit myself to watching something and not taking my eyes off of it, I won't watch it. Um, my little girl got that quality. My little boy, not so much. My wife absolutely does not have that quality. She could care less. She falls asleep. If there is a TV on, I cannot sleep. I have to turn TVs off, radios off. I have to have everything silent or I cannot sleep. It's just the way I am. But uh, 
what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through kind of the parts of this job to, for people that don't understand what an outdoor producer is. Then I'm going to go through and explain the parts that I love and the parts that I, I hate. So what is, what is being an outdoor producer? What is that? First of all, that's not a, that's not an extremely easy question to answer. Um, really I can only answer it from my experience. So I've been a professional outdoor producer for a little over six years. I've been doing this as long as I can remember for the last 10 years, but professionally, which I say professionally loosely, I've been getting paid to do it for the last six years. But so from my experience, what being an outdoor producer is, is essentially you wear a ton of hats. I have been a camera guy, a producer, a lighting guy, an audio guy, the guide, the coach, babysitter, editor, photographer, secretary, logistics specialist, booking agent, you name it. I have done it within the confines of a project, of a show, of a shoot, of a series, whatever it may be. Because a producer, especially in the outdoor world, we don't have dedicated people to do a lot of those things. You have to do them, and if you don't know how to do them, you better learn how to do them. And also, by knowing how to do a lot of those things, it makes you valuable, it makes you an asset to the team, if you are so lucky as to get to work within a team. But, you know, I say, you know, camera guy, producer, lighting guy, audio guy, photographer, editor, all those are, you know, you probably assumed. But when I say like guide and coach and babysitter and secretary and booking agent, logistics specialist, those are all things that happen all the time on a shoot or on a hunt to where something's happened and you've got to get camera gear from here to here in this amount of time. And that's where you've got to become a logistics specialist. And then you've got to, you get stuck sent on a hunt where essentially you're with like a contest winner or you're with. Uh, a kid or something like that and essentially you're a guide and a babysitter you know you have to all you have to do your job and film but there's also an inherent babysitting task that comes with that as well so it's not just one thing it's many many things that you are going to encounter if you do this job there's good and there's bad to that but uh, anything anyway the, all of those things I've done multiple times over the years. There are two things that you need to be extremely good at, though. Number one is planning. And number two is knowing what to do when that plan falls apart, because it's absolutely going to happen. Knowing how to go with the flow. Because I'm a planner, for sure. I love to plan and organize. But 99 times out of 100, especially on hunts, that usually doesn't go as planned. So you have to be able to adapt, be creative, and that kind of thing. The day-to-day -day in a producer's job or life, I guess, is I guess we can kind of break that up into three different parts. Is you've got my day-to-day -day in the field. And when I say in the field is, you know, say, for instance, I just got back from Illinois. Uh, you know, I'm there on a hunt. And, you know, we find, I find out what wake up time is, you know, wake up time was 345. We had to be out in the door by 430. We had a 15, 20 minute drive to the stand. And then we were in the stand from daylight till dark. It was shotgun season. 
it was bow season then shotgun season so what my day-to-day -day looks like during that scenario is getting up at the butt crack of dawn uh getting all my stuff sitting in the tree producing a hunt telling the story of what's going on what's the weather what are the deer doing what are they not doing what time of year is it all those good things and then when we get back i'm dumping my footage uh, making sure everything is on charge uh, making sure everything is packed and ready to go for the next day. I'm checking the weather to make sure I need to bring rain gear. Do I need to wear more clothes, wear less clothes, all that good stuff. That's essentially what a day-to-day -day looks like in the field is essentially exactly what you think it would be. Now, if you kill, things change. You have other things you have to do, take pictures, social media, etc., etc. So um, in the field stuff is you know pretty straightforward. On a whitetail hunt, you know, elk hunts is kind of the same deal. You know, you're in the field all day. You got to make sure you bring enough stuff. Make sure you bring food, bring water, all that good stuff. It's a you're hunting. You're just hunting with a different weapon, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, what a day to day looks like in the editing bay, and that one's that one's easy to answer if you have a you know a project by project by project. But like right now, I'm doing a lot of short films, I'm doing a lot of web series, I'm doing a lot of, you know, less than one minute Instagram posts, videos, you know, a lot of content creation. So it's essentially I've got to be organized in making sure I'm keeping up with everything. I'm doing all the posts I need to do. I need to, you know, getting all the footage I need. What am I missing? What voiceover do I need to cut? Do I need to talk to the graphics guys? You know, is that stuff ready? You know, I can't this promo can't go out until the voiceovers cut and, and until the graphics is done. You know, whatever it may be, it's just essentially I have fuck I can't tell you how many lists, paper lists, you know, digital lists. I have stuff on my uh, Google Docs of what I have to do. You know, my step by step. I have a sticky note on my computer of what I've got going on at the time. You know, and essentially day to day for that is it's always changing. But is essentially trying to get projects out the door and approved in a timely fashion. And in the off season, well, there used to be an off season. There's not anymore. Between elk season, uh, deer season, duck season, rolling right into turkey season, and then you're into bow fishing season, fishing season, right back into elk season. There's no such thing as off seasons anymore. It's off every now and again getting an off day, um, which is fine. I, don't, I love to work. I enjoy working. But, you know, a lot of people say, well, what do you do in the off season? Well, if there is an off season, which is usually a week or two, maybe a month if you're lucky, you're editing. Uh, as, at least I'm editing. Um, I edit as much or more than I'm in the field. So when I'm at home, people think I'm just at home twiddling my thumbs. No, I've got 10,000 things that I could be doing, 10,000 things around the house I need to be doing, and then all my edits for my projects that I'm working on at the time. Another email, sorry. Um, so now let's get into what I love and what I hate. So let's start with what I love. I didn't think I'd ever love this, but I've grown to love it, but I love to travel. I get to see places that I would never get to see otherwise different parts of the country, different parts of the world. You know, I've gotten to go to Africa. I've done, been to the Yukon. You know, I've got to go and see things that I've only, you know, seen in magazines and on t television and 
uh, I get to go and I get to, you know, put boot tracks on these places and, you know, try and capture as much of their, you know, their God-given beauty as I possibly can and the animals that are there and that inhabit that place. It's just, it's, it's something that I've grown to love so much. And uh, we put a lot of miles on a truck. I fly a little bit. I don't mind flying. I would rather not fly, but it's hard to fly because of how much gear we take and how expensive it is to fly that much stuff. So if I can drive, if it's 12, 14 hours, I'm driving, which I live in probably the second worst part of the country to do what I do. The only place worse would be Florida because it would be even further from everything. But um, essentially all my trips, average driving are 10 to 12 hours one way. Um, so if I get a trip close to home, which is rare because the hunting in the southeast generally sucks, um, I'm all about some short trips. But seven, eight hour trips, those are nothing anymore. I used to think a six, seven hour drive was a lot. Now it's, I mean, I'll pray for a seven hour drive. But uh, the second thing is I love to hunt. Um, you know, I'm hunting with a different weapon a lot of the time, most of the time, but uh, I'm getting to hunt with that camera weapon on some of the best ground in the world. You know, I've got to film hunts. I've got to turkey hunt there, but I've def I got to film hunts at Lee and Tiffany's. I've got to hunt and film hunts at Jeff Foxworthy's. You know, that, you know, I, Lee and Tiff's is arguably the best whitetail ground in the country. Jeff Foxworthy's is arguably the best whitetail and turkey ground in the Southeast. You know, I've got to stomp all over those places. And it's, and I wouldn't have got to done that unless I had this job. You know, that's, you can't put, a, in my opinion, you can't put a price on that. Uh, the next thing I love is probably meeting new people. I love to network. It's something I've, I've, I've actually grown to be pretty good at. Um, I've gotten some of my best friends and well most of my friends I guess uh, nowadays are in the hunting industry are you know most of them are producers or different uh, hosts or marketing people for different companies just because we all run in the same circles and we all do you know relatively the same thing and we all have the same stories in the same inner circles and some people think the hunting industry is big but really at the on the media side at its core it's very very small but um, getting to meet so many people and, you know, the opportunities that come with that is, is invaluable as well. Uh, I love to tell stories. I absolutely love to get a client that has a product or a service that they want to build a story around. And I get to be the one that helps to create that story and get to go out in the field and tell that story or be able to. Uh, you know, contrive something that fits within the confines of what they want their brand or their image to be. I really enjoy that. I enjoy being creative. You know, I'm being, I, you know, a lot of times we have to reinvent the wheel a lot of times because there's only so many ways you can film a hunt. You know, they, there's not really, there's not really any more ways to film a whitetail hunt versus the way that we already film it. But there's different angles. There's different, you know, eyes. There's different lights. There's different things that you can do to make them different. You know, you're still getting the same shot and you're essentially telling the same story, but the animal's different, the person might be different, the place might be different. So you have to, you know, all the time be creative. And uh, I love to solve problems. And this is an everyday occurrence with this job because there's always something breaking, something's always forgotten, you know, some little, you know, 
whether it's a camera plate or a plug or a card or something, uh, you know, you always have to figure out a way to make it work. And uh, I love that challenge of, you know, this is what you've got and you've got to figure it out. So now we'll get into the parts of this job that I hate. And I'm now just now noticing on my notes that my hate column is actually longer than my like column or than my love column, which uh, probably doesn't bode well, but a lot of these are kind of nitpicky things. But um, first and foremost, and this is going to be a soon podcast, I hate filming waterfowl. And uh, for you waterfowl guys out there, I'm sorry, but uh, I don't enjoy it because of a couple of reasons. Uh, we have been burned, especially on the habit, with the habit. When I filmed that show, we had been burned on waterfowl so many times. They had our number, and we busted our butt to try and film a good duck hunt, and just we couldn't get it done. Um, another reason I don't enjoy filming waterfowl is ducks are extremely fast. Ducks all look the same, and in order to film a really good hunt, you have to pick out single ducks or groups of ducks to film, and they're flying a thousand miles an hour, usually through timber or you know over an open field where there's no point of reference, and finding those ducks, getting them in frame and in focus, while you know some guys try and take a shot or call them or they work. It's very, very difficult, and the situation and the setup has to essentially be perfect, and honestly, I haven't found that perfect setup yet. You know, we've gotten some good kill shots, but to put together one epic, over-the-top kill sequence, I mean, I can't say that I've ever gotten one that I was that proud of. They're extremely hard to do. I, I try and avoid them. At I try and avoid them. If if there's a duck hunt coming up and I and somebody else can go, have at it. I have no desire. And if I sound kind of congested, I got some coughing and snot going on after Thanksgiving. But y'all can bear with me. I'm halfway through this deal anyway. Uh, the next thing I absolutely hate is being rushed. And if you've ever done any kind of hunting, you know you're always late and there is never enough time in the day to get everything done hunting-wise, much less production-wise. So... I'm rushed all the time, but I hate that feeling. I hate being rushed. I don't enjoy the early mornings and late nights for long periods of time. I don't mind them for two or three days, but when you go on 10 and 12 and 20 day runs where you're up at 3, 4, and 5, and then you're not going to bed until you know, 10, 11, 12 o'clock, and you're getting 4 and 5 hours of sleep, maybe, and you, know, for, you do that for... A week or two at a time, it, it will it'll wear on you because what people don't understand is when the producer gets back, he doesn't get to go to bed. He's got to put batteries on charge, get everything you know sorted for the next day. He's got to dump footage and dumping footage, depending on how much you shot that day, takes a long time. And in my case, I like to take notes. I like to make sure my footage is duplicated. So you know my process is even longer than most guys. So that you know I I'm up at least an hour to an hour and a half after everybody goes to bed, if they go to bed right when we get back, or right after they eat, or whatever it is. Uh, and I talked about this earlier. Another thing I hate is there is no off-season for a producer. Um, once the hunting ground is over, the editing ground begins. It's one of those things that it's just a never-ending circle, but that also keeps it interesting, and there's not really ever a dull moment. I don't enjoy editing things I didn't shoot. And the reason I don't like editing things I didn't shoot is because I had no control over them. 
I don't know what the person that shot this vision was. I don't know what I do have and what I don't have. I don't, I don't really know anything but the footage that I'm looking at. And most of the time I get footage and there's no notes, there's no organization. It's just kind of a bunch of clips thrown into a couple folders and it's like here, you know, the best of luck. And I guess that's why I hate it is because I know I didn't have control over it and I didn't have all my T's crossed and my I's dotted before I opened that project to start editing. Uh, I don't like fixing someone else's mistakes. And a lot of times in this job, you're having to fix audio issues, out of focus shots, the lack of shots, you know, the lack of establishing shots and transitions. And you essentially have to either get stock or go and shoot things to fill gaps that somebody that was incompetent to get those shots didn't get. Uh, that, that, that frustrates me a lot. Uh, something I else don't I don't like it are egos, and I'm not talking necessarily about hosts, which there's obviously show hosts that have egos, but there's other producers and other companies in this business that they really don't think that they can be outdone. They don't think that they can learn anything from anybody. They don't want to hear from anybody. Um, I just I don't like somebody that doesn't want to learn and that's not open to discussion. I don't like short notice trips and. That's another thing that is commonplace. You're going to get called, hey, weather's good, we got to go. It happens all the time, It's, but I hate it. Another thing I hate, I loathe these so much, is production guidelines. When we're talking about editing for television, production guidelines are awful. You have to edit within the confines of what the network wants you to do. You can only show the kill shot a certain amount of time. You can only see a logo for this long. You can only talk about this. You can't say this. You have to make your segments this long or this long, and your billboards have to be this long. And it's just, it it just, oh my gosh, it just complicates everything, and it drives me away from TV more and more every time I have to deal with them because web is so much simpler. You can do whatever you want as long as people will watch it. That's why I love web. We've already talked about that. I hate impossible deadlines. I hate when somebody gives you a project and says, hey, can you have that done in three days? Can I have it done in three days? Yes. Will I get to sleep? No. I hate impossible deadlines. Uh, this one's probably one of my biggest ones, but I, I hate having to leave my baby. And when I say my baby, I don't mean my actual baby at home, which that one's actually coming up, but I mean a project that I poured my heart and soul into, a project that had my ideas my passion, something that is so near and dear to me that I have spent countless hours on. And I have to, because of time or work or life or situation, I have to hand over to someone else, some other company, some other producer, and hope that they can you know, live up to what I had in my head. I hate that. I hate not getting to continue on in a project essentially in perpetuity, you know, forever. I have a couple of projects that I've started and I've got to work on with other people that I don't get to do anymore. And yeah, I, I miss, I miss a lot of them. I miss, you know, I miss them. There's parts of them I don't miss at all. Um, but that's, that's an extremely hard thing to do is to walk away from something that you put so much time in. Um, I don't like, another thing I'm not a huge fan of is I don't like losing personal time to hunt. You know, uh, you know, like I said, I get to hunt with a, a different weapon. But, uh, you know, for the last five years when I was at Sub 7, 
I got to hunt maybe a week a year. And uh, that's, yeah, no, that's a true story. A week, maybe two weeks a year uh, for myself. That's the only time I had off, you know, to go because when it's good hunting, you're filming, you know, you're with a different show. And if that's okay with you, then go for it, you know, and I've coped with it, you know, I've accepted it and I've gotten over it um, over the last couple of years. But honestly, 2017, I have hunted more this year than I have in the last five years combined and I've uh, made more money this year. So it's, it's been a great year for me. You know, it's, it took me a while to kind of get my head screwed on straight to realize what I needed to do, you know, professionally. But um, that was one of the big factors for me was, you know, I wanted to get to hunt some more. And, you know, when I was there, just how much work, the workload that we did, you know, we never had enough people to do all the work that we did. Uh, we were stretched very thin and I, I just never had the time. So this year, that was one of my goals was to make time to hunt. And I absolutely have gotten to and ask my wife, she'll tell you, she says I'm gone all the time hunting. Um, another thing that I don't like is getting put on projects that have had zero thought put into them. Uh, you get handed an idea or a pilot or a commercial and it's like, hey, we're shooting a commercial for X product. Okay, what's the plan? Uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah, that drives me insane. Um, I don't like clients that don't understand and don't try to understand production. Um, a lot of these clients, I really think they feel like when you're filming something on a camera, it's being edited in the camera. And once the shoot's over, you can hand them the finished product and everybody's done and can go home. Um, you know, why Why would it take more than a few days to edit this? I can't remember how, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. Or why is this so expensive? Um, when you're figuring how much something is on production, you're figuring your time. Because that's what you're selling is your time. Because when you're filming, it's your time. When you're editing, it's your time. You're providing a service. Um that's the that's that's a big pet peeve of mine is clients that have no understanding of production. You can see it by their whatever their marketing plan is or whatever their video you know notes or you know thoughts are. They have no idea. You know they want a James Bond movie on a YouTube budget. You know that kind of thing. It's it's frustrating. And I think my number one thing that I hate the most is being gone. And I, I love to travel, but I don't like being away from my family. Um, I don't, I don't like having to be gone for a long time. Uh, and this one gets harder and harder as my kids, I get more kids. I got a third one on the way. And as they get older, because, you know, I'll FaceTime my little girl and she's like, when are you coming home, daddy? Or, you know, my little boys laughing and playing and giggling. And it's, and it's tough to not be there with them and not to, you know, get to, put my little girl to bed and play with my little boy and all that good stuff. But uh, luckily my wife stays at home and she doesn't have to go to a job and leave them too. So I know that they're well taken care of and uh, I'm blessed to be able to be able to provide this where she can, can do that. Um, because you know, that was my goal. That was another part of the reason I wanted to move back home and, you know, do what I did professionally is to be able to get it to where she could stay home and I'm blessed to blessed to be able to do that. But, being gone, like I've done two really long runs this year. I did a 32-day run, which was way too long. And I just got back from a 18- or 19-day run. And that one that one was tough, too. But, you know, I've kind of figured out my my 
breaking you know points like 10 to 14 days once I get to 10 to 14 days I need to come home for a couple of days and hug on the kids and kiss the wife and all that good stuff and then get kind of recharged and head a little bit and then get back on the road and I'm good to go for another you know week or so but um I I don't now that I've said all that you know don't get me wrong I love what I do um I don't I don't see myself doing anything else I'll do a job related to this probably forever because I enjoy it so much I enjoy the technical side of it I enjoy learning new things having to learn new technologies learn new technologies being creative you know all that good stuff so uh and I think that this industry is growing I think now that things are going more web it's going to be even more lucrative if you can stay on top of it and you can get eyeballs like we've talked about but uh I do love my job but there's a there's a couple parts of it that I could do without but I tolerate them because of the other parts that outweigh the bad the good definitely outweighs the bad on this one I uh, hope you enjoyed it um, if you have any suggestions hit us up at rednecktechpodcast at gmail.com and find us on Instagram at rednecktechpodcast uh, you can find us on Stitcher, TuneIn, and SoundCloud, as well as iTunes. Hopefully you're listening to them on one of these. But um, if you're not, tell somebody about it. Like I said, if you have any comments, suggestions, good, bad, or indifferent, let me know. Thanks, guys. I will see you, uh, I don't know, hopefully in a couple of days. <laughs>